Welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we share with you what we taught students this past Sunday morning. So today, um, we're, it's interesting, we're talking about um, one of those kind of moments in the history of, of Israel. Um, I don't know about you, but once in a while I'll come across something in the house, or I'll see a picture, I'm like, that'll remind me of something. And that thing that I've hung on to is usually something that gives me joy, something that was a fun event, something that was enjoyable. Um, but th- this event is not one of those that probably popped up you know, on their Facebook feed or whatever. Um, it's because it was a painful event. We're gonna talk about this morning when, when the nation of Israel is sent in to exile and some of the, some of the causes of that. And so your children are looking at that this morning. Um, Um, I taught this about two weeks ago for high school, and I began in Deuteronomy 28 because um, God lays out and says to them, look, this is what I will do. He's very specific. And then he follows through very uh, specifically. So if you will, go to to Deuteronomy 28, um, verse verse 1. I'm going to jump through quickly. Um, It's a long chapter. And then we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 25, where he carries out what he said that he was was going to do. I don't know if you've had a moment as a parent where you say to your child, this is what I'm going to do if you do this. And you're very specific. And then they do what they weren't supposed to do or they're supposed to. And then you carry out very specifically what you said you were going to do. And they don't like it so much. This is what happens in, in, with, with the nation of Israel. All right, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of the commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord. That's beautiful, isn't it? Right? If you obey God, I will set you high above all other nations of the earth. I will bless you and shall rain blessings upon you if you do what I tell you to do. And he said, look, if you obey what I'm telling you, you are going to be my chosen people above all, and I'm going to bless you and care for you and, and lead you in what is, what is right. And then the other says, if you... But if you disobey, I'm going to bring judgment. So verse 15, he says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do of all the commandments that I have, all of his commandments and statutes that I command you today, then I shall, then the, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Jump down to verse 20. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of your evil deeds because you have forsaken me. Jump down to 25. The Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You shall go out on one way against them and shall flee seven ways before them and you shall be in horror. You shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Verse 36. And the Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over the nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and of stone. Jump down to 63. Then the Lord took delight 
in doing good and multiplying you. So the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering and take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and of stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. So the nation is going into this land and he's giving them. And he's saying, hey, I'm giving you this land and I'm laying out for you what you need to do. And I will bless you immensely if you do it. But if you don't, I will discipline you. And if you've read much of the Old Testament, you know what happens. You know that the people follow him a little bit at times, but they rebel against him. And so you have, um, they go into the land and they're, and they're led by the judges. And eventually they look around at the other nations and they say, look, they, they have a king. We, we want a king. Right? Maybe you've heard your children say that. Or you yourself have said or felt that. They have that, so I, I want that. That looks, that, that looks great. I, I want one of those. They have a king. How come we can't have a king? God, give us a king. We want a king just like everybody else. We want to be like them. But no, no, you're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be different. Yeah, but we want what they have. Okay. So he gives them a king, right? Gives them Saul. Disaster. Right? Gives them a good king in David. And then in Solomon, and things were, were good for a period of time until the people rebelled. But right after Solomon, the kingdom split. The northern kingdom had only evil kings that ran after the gods of the Canaanites. And so God sends them into exile, and they are gone and scattered. There's ten kingdoms, there's ten tribes of Israel. Do we know what has happened to them? Do we know that they've come back? No, they're gone. And then they've, the two tribes of Judah and um, and Benjamin, and that's, and that's where eventually they had a, a, a relationship with God where some kings were good and some weren't, and there was this kind of back and forth. And so eventually God gets tired of their rebellion, and he fulfills his promise. And so in 2 Kings chapter 25, and there's, there's a lot here. We don't have time to, to read it all, but l- let me summarize you. All the things that God predicted that we just read in Deuteronomy, they all come true. So Nebuchadnezzar, remember the book of Daniel? Um, the, the Daniel in the lion's den is Darius, but, but the, the glorious uh, kingdom of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. And I was, <clears throat> when I teach this to, to high school kids, I point out um, that in the middle of, if you look at the name Nebuchadnezzar, whose name is right in the middle of Nebuchadnezzar? Chad. Yeah, so they're like, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm like, yes, reminds me that I can be that, that evil person. My name is right in the middle of Nebuchadnezzar. So I, that's just extra. That's not really going to be on the quiz or anything. But anyway. so, so Nebuchadnezzar surrounds the city, and he cuts off access in order to starve uh, the city and cut off all of the, the resources. And he's like, look, we're going to play the long game. I'm not going to let you leave. I'm not going to let anybody come. And so I hope you enjoy the food and the water that you have in the city because that's all you get. And so eventually, as, as that diminished, some of the soldiers and the king tried to escape, but they were captured. Notice it said in Deuteronomy that you're going to leave and you're going to kind of flee in all these different ways, but they're, but they're captured. And so the Babylonians were brutal. And so they bring the king together and they gather his sons and they kill his sons in front of him. And then they pluck out his eyes. They burned the city. They burned the temple, the houses. They carried off the young 
influential people with potential, and they left a few poor and old in the land. So if you remember in the book of Daniel, Daniel is taken to Babylon and he's part of the group that is selected to be able to, to be part of um, that, that thing. And so, and the final act that they do is they, they bring them together and they kill their high priest and the second priest in command. And so um, 2 Kings 25, 21, and says, it just summarizes and says, the Lord and the king of Babylon struck them down and put them to death in the Lamb Hamata. And so Judah was taken into exile out of its land. They were taken out of their land. They were captured. They lost all their valuables. Their leaders were killed. And we need to recognize something here because God, God says it, that this was not a punishment that was simply like God turned his eyes and things happened, right? There's times when as a parent, you'll go, you know what? There's gonna be a natural consequence right here. And I'm just not going to prevent you from it. I'm just going to kind of turn my head and walk away and let the natural consequence take care of itself. No, this is something that God said, no, you have rebelled against me. He sends the Babylonians to take them into exile. This is a loving father who is disciplining his children. And many of some of us don't know what that's like. You may not have had a loving father who disciplined you appropriately in order to to bring you to a place of to a place of of repentance this discipline is for their good when we learn from it it is right Hebrews chapter 12 talks of God disciplining he says for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives for the discipline that you have had to endure, God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So the, the, the two things that you need to, to realize is, is one is that God had promised to bless them if they obeyed and promised to discipline them if they had not. And eventually he got tired of their rebellion. But the third thing we need to recognize is that discipline can result in our maturity. And so the, the, the nation is exiled. Um, and, and the end of that, as they come back, Ezra and Nehemiah lead them back and they have a great revival. And the thing that changed for the nation when they were in, as you read a lot of the Old Testament, they're in the, um, in the wilderness. God continues to say to them, don't worship idols. Don't worship idols. Don't worship idols. When they come back from exile, he doesn't need to say that anymore. Their, their propensity to worship idols is, is killed and they, they wrestle with some other things, but they've, they've, they've dealt with that. And they have this great revival. The remnant comes back to, to the land. And so when we're, when we're disciplined, we have options. We can learn and mature and we can get changed and become more like Jesus. We can simply endure it I'm just going to get past it. I am going to just do what I have to do. I'm going to do my time, right? And just kind of remain unchanged. Or discipline can harden our hearts towards our Father. And say, my Father did this to me. He doesn't love me. The truth is the opposite. He does love us very much, so He does discipline us. And so we need to learn from our from our discipline. And so as you think about this, this passage today, um, God is, is disciplining his people for their good. 
Now, in the moment, it was horrible. It was horrible, right? The Babylonians, we had evil people sweep in and they take the holy city and they carry all the stuff off and they put to death the, the, the sons of the king and the priests and they carry the, son, the king off into exile and they take all the, the young, talented people who have potential and carry them off to exile and leave the place a wreck. That's horrible. But God's purpose and God's plan that was to bring the nation back to himself. And it works, and that's what does it. And so recognize that, that being a godly parent starts with us, and growing as a disciple of our Heavenly Father means to, to show our children how we grow through discipline. Because God does this with us at times. He puts us through some difficult times in order to, to teach us. And the way that we discipline our children, the way that we talk about the discipline of God is an important thing for our children to, to recognize. We have all seen children that we would say, oh, that kid is spoiled, right? What's a, a pretty common thing with a kid that is spoiled? What do they lack? Any kind of discipline, right? And often the father is absent and doesn't discipline. And so they're like, oh, that kid is spoiled. They can kind of think they can kind of do whatever they want. But there's this, this loving discipline from, from the father. And so today that's what our what our children are learning about, the, the reality that, that God is a loving father, sometimes hands down, loving discipline. And so I know as, a, as an earthly father, this is an incredibly challenging thing to respond to the discipline of God, but also to, to discipline my children in a way that is, is loving and leads them towards repentance and leads them towards dedication to to the Lord. And so, um, be interesting to see what your children say about the lesson day, because it's not one of those like, hey, it was great and fluffy, and like, God saves all the people from the flood in the, in the ark, and he rescued from the lion's den, and all that. Yeah, today is that God brought the pain, right before Christmas. It's a, it, it's so, I, I'll be curious to see what your, what your conversations uh, go. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 9.30 on Sunday mornings in room 215, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.